This is the Quadrant Podcast, episode 13. Welcome to this week's episode of the Quadrant Podcast. We are back and we are preparing a second round of stories for you guys to enjoy. As usual, I would like to remind you that we're here to share your traveling stories and adventures. So, if you have a story to share, don't be shy, email us or write on our Facebook wall and we will work with you so we can publish it. So, also, please follow us through Twitter, Facebook or you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, choose the way you want, or join their mailing list so you can keep up with every single episode we put up. Now, let's get started. Okay, all right. Well, my name is Chris Baki. I am the travel blogger behind One Weird Globe, oneweirdglobe.com. I blog about the weird and the offbeat destinations around the world and talk about life as a long-term traveler. Uh, I left the U.S. in 2008, moved to Korea to teach English for about five years, and then moved to Thailand in about 2013. Uh, I lived in, I've been here in Thailand for a little over a year now, and uh, we have another uh, nine months or so in the country. Um, one thing that I'm doing right now uh, beyond the blog is researching for what'll be like my 14th book or so. Um, it's going to be a book about Thailand and the weird offbeat destinations. Uh, it'll be sort of a follow-up to a book I did about Korea. Uh, again, weird and offbeat destinations. And uh, it'll be a chance for people to explore not just the, the kind of unusual places that get mentioned in guidebooks, but a lot of places that just aren't in the guidebooks at all. So, um, that's me. Cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, Asia always has a lot to give. It's one of you know, I've places. always, I've been really impressed by just how much weird stuff there ends up being. It's not even the sort of thing where you have to look all that hard for it. It's just sometimes it, it just happens to be there when you're looking for it. Um, <laughs> And people sometimes ask, well, do you have to get like really far uh, away from civilization to find weird stuff? And my, my answer is sometimes yes, uh, sometimes no. Um, a good example, if you go to Bangkok, uh, one of the biggest sites in Bangkok is the Grand Palace. Okay. And this is the big place. It's 500 baht, about 15 US dollars to get in. Um, and it is the Grand Palace. It's the biggest, most touristed place in the country. And so if you cross the street, literally just across the side street, there is a really fun market that sells amulets and rings and other stuff. It's a local market that runs along the sidewalk, just maybe a block or so, maybe 300 meters or so. And... Um, when we were there, I didn't see a single tourist even approaching hmm. this, this this market. So you literally okay. go from tourist city, tourist central on one side of the street to local central, local, normal, everything is local 
on the opposite side of the street. And it's just this simple, you know, two-lane road, whatever. So, but, um, but no, they have the uh, Buddhist amulets for five or ten baht, maybe 30 U.S. cents. And, um, you know, you can get a, 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 a lot of fun little souvenirs for less than the price of a pad thai. So, so, um, so no, getting off beat does not require a whole lot of uh, mm-hmm. effort sometimes. You know, we, we agree on that. In fact, our current, the current place where we live is a few blocks away from the Sagrada Familia, which is one of the most, if not the most important tourist destination here in Barcelona. And mm-hmm. uh, I, many people from other cities told me, oh, are you tired of the tourists? And that's the thing. It, all the tourists are around the Sagrada Familia, and we always joke about how the, the tourists disappear exponentially as you start walking outside that perimeter. Like so two blocks away or two exactly. blocks away, you see no... I mean, well, one block away, there people. are much, much less tourists. Two blocks away, the tourists are non-existent. They all stay around whatever mm-hmm. they, they, they're looking and for. And the prices go down so much after you start walking away from the touristic places. Yeah, if, exactly. you, if you look like, for, a, for yeah. a place to stay that is exactly next to the monument, it's... Ooh, it's much more. You you move one block away, and the difference is staggering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see that you see that in Bangkok a little bit too, um, for better or for worse, because Bangkok has been on the tourist trail for such a long time. You end up having to go a bit more than a block or two away, most cases. But if you have to go more than, let's say, 500 meters off of a tourist trail. I'd be very surprised. You'd have, I'd be very surprised if you had to go more than 500 meters off the main road to get completely away from the tourists. In most cases, it, w- it would be half that. But um, there are some zones that, because of they've been tourist areas for a long time, uh, they end up, uh, you know, you end up having to walk a bit more to get away from the tourists. But yeah, uh, go to some pl- some cities like New York. You know, you could walk one block and you're in a local area with its own flavor and completely away from the tourists so getting off the beaten track does not require this extensive journey to the middle of a forest or a 50 kilometer bike ride you know it can and sometimes those are the sort of places that just make you go what the f were they thinking (laughs) or something um so so it's actually uh the the place i'm gonna talk to you about uh the kosampi forest park Uh, is actually one of those places. Um, it's the sort of place where it is in the middle of just about nowhere. Um, you do need a car or a motorcycle. Um, it's about a 40-kilometer drive from a city called Khon Ken in northeast Thailand. Um, so, uh, But yeah, this park, uh, I actually... Uh, brought my GoPro with me to uh, get some videos and some photos of the monkeys. I usually carry my uh, DSLR and a GoPro. And uh, so I decided to see what would happen if I could get some close-ups of, uh, of the monkeys. Uh, so you get some bananas at the, at the front. It's maybe uh, one US dollar for a big bag. And um, so I set the camera down. It's attached to a pole. And I put some bananas in front of it, and then I kind of take a few steps back and, you know, see what happens. And um, the monkeys were kind of looking at me going, what is this crazy big monkey doing? <laughs> and so 
they they kind of approach the banana. They they gingerly reach down, grab the banana, and then ran away. I'm like, okay, that's no video there. <laughs> Come on, monkeys. Come on, work with me, monkeys. And um, you know, now naturally we are you know much larger and uh, maybe not as hairy, but uh, certainly a bit intimidating to these you know relatively small uh, capuchins. And um, so I said, okay, I'll I'll put my GoPro, which is again attached to a pole. We're just going to put it down on one of these uh, concrete picnic benches, and I'm just going to walk away. You know, take about ten good steps back, far enough away that it I, I don't look as scary or threatening or whatever. Um, uh, so my wife was noticing that there are some monkeys that were climbing on our motorcycle. And uh, I did not want to pay for, like, the scratches and damages on the motorcycle. So she ran to, you know, kind of scare them off the off the bike. And um, so I'm still I'm trying, to keep an eye, I'm trying, trying to keep an eye on the camera and the bike when we're about, you know, 30 meters apart here. And uh, I turned my head literally for two seconds. And the camera and the pole are just grabbed by this monkey who runs up the tree. <laughs> uh, so, what, what did you um, do when you saw that? <laughs> well, my first thought was, "Is it recording?" And then I saw, I saw, I saw the little the, the GoPros have a little blinking red light on them to to show that they're recording. And uh, so I, I saw the red the red blinking light, and uh, it kept recording. Okay, um, so um. At first, I thought, well, let's just see what happens here. Maybe he'll drop it. You know, he's he's ten meters up this tree. There's no way in heck I'm gonna I'm gonna climb to get him. And uh, so he eventually uh, was trying to chew at this little uh, orange rubber piece, the thing <laughs> that attaches the GoPro to the pole, mm-hmm. has this little like um, a spring piece with an orange. Um, plastic piece like a rubber piece so he's trying to chew on this orange plastic piece and in the process he's making the grip on the camera looser so eventually the camera tumbles down to the ground and uh, I got it back I got my camera back Um, but he was still hanging on to the pole he's still trying to chew this little orange plastic rubber thingy and I'm going I want my pole (laughs) (laughs) I got the camera, you know, the camera is a couple hundred dollars, but the poles, you know, 20, 30 bucks, I don't remember. Uh, so I tried throwing bananas at the guy for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and, um, so so I, I asked my wife, hold, hold the camera, you know, I'll throw the monkeys. I'd be like, okay, give me my camera, give me my pole, you know. And <laughs> so after 20 minutes of throwing the bananas, he eventually drops the pole and, um, he um, he drops it in like this area of the forest that kind of drops off really far uh, into a river. Whoa. So it so didn't go into the river itself. It went into this sort of swampy, uh, marshy area that I just physically could not access. Uh, <laughs> so after 30 minutes of searching, we gave up. And the pole is probably still there today. If you happen to find it, feel I'll free let to you know. uh, mail it to me. Uh, <laughs> my address is uh, Konken, Thailand. Um, but uh, but no, we could, we we ended up. I ended up getting another uh, pole, uh, which is a, a lot more heavy duty. 
And let's just say if a monkey can successfully carry this pole up a tree, he deserves to keep it. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, it's probably half his body weight, if not more. <laughs> so, um, You haven't yeah, said they, something so, extremely important. Did you get the video? I did get the video. It's actually on the on the blog post, and it's part nice. of my YouTube subscription. Um, it ends up being a little over two minutes, and um, it, 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 I could not have planned it or scripted it any better. He literally, you can see where he kind of picks up the pole and runs up the tree with it, and you get this really close-up view of the monkey. You see him, you hear him breathing on it. You hear him kind of chewing on the orange plastic thingy, and, can, and then can, right. At, and can we see you throwing bananas him? <laughs> Uh, I didn't actually put that part in that video. Oh, um, come on. But, uh, <laughs> oh, well, the, yeah. Um, but yeah, the video that's up there, uh, right at the very end of the clip, it shows this this tumble back to Earth. And uh, I, I'm actually really impressed with these, uh, these little action cameras. Even without a case on it, uh, it, it survived a 10-meter tumble from tree to grass and you know dirt and rocks and stuff and uh kept on ticking it's still working now and uh i i hope i get some more awesome videos like that yeah i hope but, you do uh, now i need to say that video. will you try sending the video to gopro i mean to you know i actually thought about that um i'm not quite sure the best way of putting it out there to get their attention maybe just a hashtag or something yeah. uh but uh i'm, I'm also like uh, i get their emails as part of their newsletter mm -hmm. and uh, every so often you know they send these incredible videos uh of uh the places that they get the videos from and so on uh whether it's a football thing or a skydiving thing or a surfing thing you know it's gets yeah. clear these cameras get a lot more um uh, beat up or put in places where they they get a bit more abuse than just a monkey with a pole but uh, yeah I may have to may have to send it to them just to uh, just to see what they think yeah yeah, yeah you they might use it because they advertise using the videos sent from people using the cameras they go pros and it's exactly. it's somewhat it's somewhat unique i mean there's a lot of videos oh, yeah. of people doing extreme stuff but they be being stolen by a monkey well there's something special in that i haven't seen one i have spent hours looking at videos gopro videos i haven't seen <laughs> one being stolen by a monkey I, i saw one attached to um to a bird oh yeah uh-huh And you could see how it flies, all the view, and that was it. But pretty cool. He didn't. He, uh, the bird didn't drop the camera, though. I mean, the monkey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, someone physically so touched that's the good camera because you can see monkeys and that the camera uh, can uh, fall to meters and nothing happens. No, right? I think I think I like it because of the spontaneously nature of it. The, no, no planification. Yeah. Just uh, I don't remember. I don't think it was by a GoPro. But there was a video back a few years ago on the web that was very popular for a time of a guy who was filming uh, sea life while diving. And while holding out his camera, an octopus comes out of practically nowhere and it gets the camera with its tentacles oh, no. and flies away. 
That video is there somewhere. Remember seeing it like twice. And all the video, and, and, and this video was still pretty popular, is you pretty much seeing the tentacles wrapped around the camera. You, you don't really get to see much. You only get to see how, how he gets the camera and just swims away. And the guy chased him for about two hours, I think, before he managed to get the, the, the camera back. Oh, and man. then you you see the footage of how the octopus is, like, stuck to his harpoon and all to his equipment because he doesn't want to leave. So, yeah, it, it's sort of that kind of experience that it's <laughs> interesting and noteworthy because it was simply not planned. And yeah. I'm pretty sure at the moment when it happened to you, you were probably not happy about it. You probably were a little bit alarmed. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, on some level, I was I was definitely concerned. My, my first thought was, okay, the, the monkey is going to damage it or just put it somewhere, and I'm not going to have access to it. I'm going to look at my wife, and I'm going, crap, that's money wasted now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's actually... Um, I'll have to I'll have to look and see what kind of contests are out there, but uh, there's definitely uh, some fun stuff to do with it. Uh, I'm still kind of learning the whole video thing. I've been a pro photographer for years now, and um, when I first heard my friends talking about how uh, this GoPro not just doesn't just take good video, but takes like 4K video. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, okay, that's impressive, and you and you see it. It's half the size of a credit card, and you go, "How does this little tiny camera can do all um, these? <laughs> get get good shots?" And uh, yeah, um, and uh, I've actually been pretty impressed with its still pictures as well. It's about a step down from the iPhone 4S, which I have, okay. but um, in terms of in terms of having something. That's just there. It just works. You don't even have to pull it out of your pocket if it's already in your hand. You know, you hit one button to go from video mode to photo mode, and then it's ready. You know, it auto it auto focuses, it auto exposes, and all this stuff. Um, as someone that's used to a DSLR, that's mm-hmm. at least a kilo and a half uh, <laughs> to carry around. And if you want, you know, a different lens, you know, you have to carry that around too. Um, it lacks. It, it does lack something in the low light. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about a GoPro, definitely consider it. But it's not really useful in the low light in the same way an iPhone is because the ISO of the lens only goes up so high. Um, so if I'm if I if I'm stuck between a GoPro and an iPhone, I'd use the iPhone for the low light shots or the darker shots, okay. and then the GoPro for pretty much everything else um nice well cool thank you for all that advice and thank you thank you for your story was quite entertaining Uh, can we embed the video of the monkeys with the post when we post the podcast absolutely absolutely all right coolness man enjoy the day enjoy the games and uh talk to you soon all right. All right. I'll take care all right. for everything. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. That's all for this episode. Remember, when you're surrounded by monkeys, don't leave your expensive equipment lying around. Monkeys have a propensity of grabbing stuff and running up trees, which is really bothersome at times. <laughs> Please remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or join our mailing list so you can keep up with every episode we put up. From Barcelona, we say goodbye.
The uh, I don't know if you saw or not. Um, in in Korea, the, the the team wasn't really expected to advance, um, but it came pretty close. Um, so even though Korea or soccer in Korea is is far from uh, the national sport, it, the the national team is pretty well regarded within Korea. So when they were eliminated from the first round, they arrived at the airport and people were throwing uh, toffee. Uh, like little like little pieces of candy at the players, which uh, basically is the Korean equivalent of saying eat. Sh-. What? <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. Uh, look it up. It's called eat yacht, which is Y E O T. Okay. Um, and uh, it's it's a candy. It's a Korean candy, and um, it's yeah. It's basically a way of saying eat. Sh-. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot uh, in, believe you. I wish I could make this up, 